so much for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jacqueline Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. On this episode of Roots and Wings, we're diving into a discussion around a local community advisory board and the work it does to impact children and families. I'm joined by the co-chair of the Davidson County Community Advisory Board, Kevin McKenzie. Kevin, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And just for our listeners, if you don't know much about the Davidson County Community Advisory Board, I'd like to give you just a little bit of an idea of what they actually do and what the board is all about. The board operates as a nonprofit independent advisory board and partners with the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. Uh, they work together with the main mission of enhancing the welfare of children and preserving family life through a multitude, multitude of resources and services. So first, Kevin, I'd like to know just a little bit about your involvement with the Davidson County Community Advisory Board. And from this point on, I'm just going to say advisory board, but just know we're talking about the one in Davidson County. Um, when did you begin your involvement in the advisory board and why did you think it was so important? I began in uh, 2013 when I started working for Metro National Public Schools. Uh, my involvement became when I realized that the area I was serving, which was the McGavitt Cluster, uh, as a family involvement specialist, that we needed a lot of resources. And just understanding that, uh, just being very intentional about the students that are uh, in the foster care uh, uh, program or in uh, state's custody, making sure that they have the resources that they need. So the advisory board was uh, played a big part in providing those resources. I knew I needed to be a part of it. There is definitely, uh, it seems there's so many different organizations in Nashville that are that link between the community members and the resources that they need. Uh, Do you think the advisory board serves directly as that link or are there actual services that the advisory board actually uh, gives uh, to the community members as well? It's the services that's uh, part of the advisory board because a lot of the resources, uh, them coming together on its one platform with the advisory board allows them to see other organizations that may be working in that community so that they can actually collaborate and work together. And also, they may be going towards the same goal, and it's not a fight, but we can all come together and and make success. And while I I did mention, obviously, we're talking about the Davidson County Community Advisory Advisory Board, there are 95 counties throughout the state of Tennessee, but each and every county has either an affiliate or something similar. Is that correct? Yes. uh, Mainly... uh, all the other uh, advisory boards, they operate independently and they're actually considered to be task force because most of them are not uh, nonprofit organizations. Uh, we received our 501c3 uh, back in 2014 and we received that status. And so uh, our opportunities to uh, provide those resources and services uh, expand when we was able to receive that status. And receiving that status, Kevin, I understand you were a part of the advisory board before it happened. I know that's a a big process. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it, it takes um, probably a book worth of p- paperwork and a, a long time to complete. When you guys actually got to that point of being a, a certified nonprofit, what was that like? Well, uh, before we started, it was uh, more so trying to figure out uh, how we can do things more efficiently, more effectively. So uh, I would just go back to the history of it when uh, we started. Uh, We didn't even have bylaws in the beginning. So that was uh, one of our uh, famous co-chairs, which is uh, Scott Couch. Uh, He was our first chair. And so uh, he was starting and doing great work. And I think he served from five to six years. And so uh, getting all those things together, 
bringing people together. We had over 90 individuals that are part of it. And we just need, we knew that we needed to make sure that we was, we was more focused and we had had the opportunity to bring in more funds so that we can directly serve our community. Well said. And, and obviously funds is a big um it's a big thing. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> when you have the funding, that provides the resources that you may not have access to already, I think. Um, how has how do you think the advisory board has has grown since your time being on the board? Well, and to go back, we had it started out about 90 individuals used to be a part of the uh, the community advisory board. Now we have at least 40 active members. And so I believe that uh, not having a lot of people is not the, the, the big picture, but having people that are actually active and working uh, is most important. So uh, just making sure that uh, people are are coming and we're bringing in more people. People. Uh, we make sure that we're getting the word out. Like right now, being on this podcast is amazing. So we're able to share uh, what we're doing. So I, I think that the, it's a great opportunity for us to be, be more focused and geared towards those uh, aiming opportunities. Well said. And how much do you think, or let me rephrase it this way, is it extremely important to the advisory board to make sure they're bringing people to the table from different aspects of the community and different community neighborhoods in general? Yes, because the culture is changing and uh, Nashville is growing, as, as we can see. Uh, but even bringing uh, individuals uh, that, that deals with traffic in, in, in uh, Nashville and bringing all those uh, those uh, different individuals towards the table, hosp- uh, hotels, uh, hospital uh, uh, CEOs, uh, Vanderbilt uh, from uh, Metro Action. So all gamuts, all across Nashville, making sure that they're at the table so that we can key into those things that our uh, our, uh, our neighbors can actually um, be supported by. Right, definitely. And you mentioned, obviously, bringing people to the table from certain areas, but what kind of partnerships does the advisory board look for? And are there always growing opportunities for new partnerships with the advisory board? Well, we try to look for anybody that's positive and uh, wants to bring to the table and, and support uh, 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 positive behavior of, of making sure that our kids do not ever have to be involved with uh, any type of abuse uh, so that they won't uh, have to be uh, uh exposed to any uh, pain or anything that's going through so they won't have to come into our custody. So anybody, any group, any individuals that is open and loves loves to help people, we want those people on our team. Well said. And I just want to make sure our listeners are kind of clear because you mentioned obviously the word custody. And I want to reiterate how this is in an extreme partnership with the Department of Children's Services. And and one of those, I want to, the, one of the main goals, I should rather say, um, is evaluating certain DCS cases and either try to keep those children out of state custody, if that's what's best for them, or if they currently are in state custody and don't necessarily have the ability to go back with their birth family or their family, uh, that they stay in state custody. Can you talk a little bit more about what that work and how the advisory board plays into it? The advisory board actually works through the DCS uh, resource linkage, which uh, they're our liaison between the Department of Children's Services and understanding that uh, we're working with a government uh, agency. So everything is very important. Everything is important as far as being confidential. So we have to make sure that we're aligned with what DCS uh, resource linkage needs from us as a, a board. And so making sure that that child does not have to come into custody, uh, we get cases where situations where uh, a lot of individuals uh, 
are are struggling and you know they they may have a report that come through and this report opens up a door but we want to make sure that we're supporting that, that particular family and making sure that if they don't have to come into custody we provide the resources that will put that in the home so that they can actually be successful families so just to talk about an incident that happened or a situation that happened, a case that came before us. It was a family uh, where uh, a lady, she had uh, her kids with her and she passed away. And uh, just so that particular family did not have to come into state's custody, her friend uh, actually stepped up and we as the Davidson County Community Advisory Board was able to pay for the petition for her to file so that she can have those kids in her custody so that they won't have to ever experience being in state's custody at all and they will be with someone that cares for them and not saying that they wouldn't have been cared for in the state's custody but they did not have to go through the state process and I think <clears throat> excuse me I think uh, going through the state process uh, we as adults maybe forget how much of an impact something like that has on a youth, uh, a child, a teen, even someone close to 17, 18 years old, they are still a youth. They might not want to be or act like it, but they are. Um, are those, is that case that you specifically talked about, Kevin, is that uh, somewhat of a special case or does that happen somewhat often? It happens often. We have different cases that, that uh, come before us. And uh, as we try to make sure that we exhaust everything before it comes to us uh, that's a good reason we have our uh, individuals that are on our board because if we don't have to uh, provide any assistance our team or our board will provide those resources to that particular family and we want to make sure that we have the people in the room that can test or that can actually uh, be active in those uh, individuals lives so that they can help them and support them uh, through their daily journey. Kevin your involvement with the community the advisory board is extremely important as we talk about bringing different people to the table. But I know you specifically have a history in family engagement and family involvement, and you talk a lot with fathers uh, about fatherhood and parenting as a father. Uh, when did you get involved in that kind of work, and, and why did you think that was important? Well, uh, being a father myself, is it was very important to make sure that fathers out here uh, have access to uh, the information and also the resources that uh, they don't normally get. So uh, I started back in 2013 when I was a family involvement specialist starting at MNPS, Metro Nestor Public Schools. And so I was able to actually uh, gather fathers from different cultures and set them down and have those conversations uh, of raising their, their, their student and making sure that we're all understanding uh, our education system and making sure that we understand as a community of raising our kids and being that village. Uh, just pouring into our individuals that making sure that jobs or uh, opportunities are there for them and making sure that health care is there for them, making sure that food and resources, even down to the mechanic, there are simple things that have tripped our fathers up as some things that trip any parent up. I make sure as making the, the school a community hub, making sure that we have access to those things to make them successful. Can you kind of differentiate uh, what your definition is between the difference in family engagement or parental engagement and parental 
or family involvement. What's the difference there? Okay, so involvement is more so allowing the parent to be uh, participatory or participate in the things uh, that's uh, pertaining to school, whether it be volunteering, whether it be uh, we have dads and donuts, we have uh, moms and muffins, we have uh, field trips, things of that nature, being involved, uh, making sure that uh, things are there for their student. The engagement piece is where the parent and the teacher are working together to make sure that they're supporting that particular, uh, those education goals, that particular student in that area, and make sure that they're working together to make sure that uh, the information and make sure that that student is getting everything that they need on an educational level, uh, whether it be ACT prep, whether it be uh, uh, making sure that they're getting all those needs that are uh, on the outside in the community, or maybe cheerleading, they may Maybe anything that makes sure that, that that particular kid has what they have while they're not there so that they can have input on what their kid's uh, education outcome will be. Do you think there is enough parental and family engagement at this point and just what you see on a daily basis with the school system? I don't think there's enough. Uh, it, I don't think there's enough. I think that the, the the issue may be that parents don't understand how far they can possibly go. And then there's some some parents that are more so uh, wanting to be involved but don't know how. And there's some parents that want to be engaged but don't know how. And it starts at home. I mean, with understanding there's a lot of uh, different households. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics that play a role in that. I mean, there's one-parent homes. There's two-parent homes. Uh, there are foster families. You know, we have foster homes. So I think just educating uh, across the board and making sure that we touch each person individually in their own area of need, that's where we don't uh, help our parents and make sure that they have that access. And I think that goes beyond, obviously, just showing up to a few PTA meetings. And and while on that subject, uh, I I think it's it's important to note that if you've ever been to a PTA meeting, the majority of the people you see in them are are mothers, are women. Um, Where are the men? Well... Where are the fathers? Uh, and, that's, and that's a good question. I mean, I ask that question a lot. And uh, even uh, in my welcoming at uh, Eagle View Elementary, making sure that, you know, when I do see fathers, I'm bringing them in. Uh, hey, man, I need to talk to you, you know. And so uh, they bring in their kids. And a lot of people don't see their fathers bringing their kids. But we have fathers that are bringing their kids to school. I think uh, just making sure that they know that they have a place in the school system and giving them that, that fire and that right back. So it's just the school reaching out to our fathers and our mothers, but reaching out to the fathers, let them know we want you to be here. There was a program that started that we partnered with the Predators uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it was called uh, Watchdogs. And so uh, we were the first uh, school, there was 44 schools that signed up. And so it was dads of great students. So it was putting uh, dads back into the school, uh, being at security, uh, being in the office so you don't see dads that are giving high fives, getting off the bus and you know, uh, being in the library, not just being in the gym and, and having them do one thing, but they had 30 minute increments throughout the day and they had a whole calendar filled with dads coming in doing different things throughout the school. So a lot of people, not a lot of danger wasn't uh, coming to the school where we had a lot of shootings and things like that because we had the dads present. That's amazing. That's yes. really, I hope, it, does that prep program, is that still happening? Or I think there's different forms of it now uh, because it does have a cost. And, you know, with our budget, it's very hard uh, to provide that for uh, all schools. But 
I like there's uh, all pro dads. There's a lot of different programs that a lot of people start, and it doesn't take a lot of money. But just getting your 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 followers together and actually having a meeting and, and starting uh, is most important. Yeah, well said. I think, and in, in any of these discussions, if you feel so inspired, you should talk to your school district, to your to your administrators in whatever district you're at or wherever you're at. Um, these are all things that our children need us pretty much. Yes, they do. And they, they need us badly. And, and there might be um, a la- lacking in some areas and there might be, well, I'll just say that. <laughs> well, yeah. And the thing about this is just, just knowing where your place is. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that think that I don't know what to do, but it's just really just taking that stand and just be like, you know what, at the end of the day, it's my baby and I'm going to take care of him. Yeah, well said. You know, the Community Advisory Board does such good work. And if our listeners are listening to this and hearing you speak and are maybe interested in either learning more or possibly becoming a member, uh, is that something anybody in the public can do? Do you have to have a child to be on the Community Advisory Board? Or what's what's your advice for those who might have a peak of interest in possibly being a little bit more involved? Well, uh, anybody can be a part of it who actually wants to serve and help our uh, families in the community. Uh, we just want to make sure that you actually come to a meeting, which we meet uh, every third Thursday of the month. And we want to make sure that uh, we get you the information that you need. Uh, we have a contact person, which is uh, Dana Eskridge. Dana Eskridge is a superstar. She is a part of DCS uh, Resource Linkage. But she is uh, one of our powerhouses that really makes sure that we're running everything we need to be running on point that pertains to the uh, Community Advisory Board. They can check out our Facebook page, uh, which we go to the Facebook page. is Davidson County Community Advisory Board, which it says Community Advisory Board and should be able to click on there and learn more about our meetings and everything that we're trying to do in the community and things that we have coming up. Uh, and just making sure, tighten up. There's a lot of lot of Titan uh, cheer going around and we're supporting the Titans by uh, being a part of their foundation. And so now we have a link on there where you can buy your Titans tickets and we uh, doing a fundraiser with them where we're getting at least uh, $10 off every ticket that's being sold. So you mentioned, Kevin, you meet every third Thursday of the month, and I know the locations can somewhat change. Do you post those on, on the Facebook page or the website? What's the best place to find out exactly where you guys are meeting? Well, if you are knowing someone that's a part of the, the uh, Community Advisory Board, it's, it's, it's great to get the email. But we would like for you to sign up, and like you can check out our Facebook page, and you can sign up and find out where our next meeting is. Uh, we try to move it around to different organizations so that organizations can actually share. And what you may get is that every organization or place that we actually have a meeting, there is a presentation by the organization so you can learn more about it. There's a brief presentation so that you can learn more about uh, each in, uh organization that's a part of the advisory board so it's great if you can show up but we want to make sure that our mailing list is consistent and we want to make sure that everybody has access that is a part of us so there's not a fee right now to be a member but we would like for you to sign up come and enjoy learn about us and be a part 
Well said, Kevin. Thank you so much for uh, talking about the advisory board and the work that you guys are doing in the community that impacts children and families. I think there's, you know, in my time at the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth, I've learned so much just about the resources and services that are out there. And this is just another one. I mean, I think it's amazing the work you guys are doing. So thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thank you. And like I said, this is just another tool in your tool belt. Yeah. Well said. Uh, Well, thank you, Kevin. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Roots and Wings. And we'll see you again next month. Thank you.